This episode of the Good and the Bad and the Geeky podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com forward slash goodbadgeeky. Audible.com, over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. Warning! The podcast you're about to hear is very filthy. We say naughty words you would use as an adult anyway. It will cause you not to eat your vegetables, and your mom generally thinks it's a bad idea. Any moment of the show that has any similarity to the history of any person living or dead, real or fictional, to real events are entirely unintentional and coincidental. Unless we're specifically noted otherwise in the cast and crew credits, all celebrity voices are impersonated, and new celebrity has endorsed any aspect of this show. Welcome out to another episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky, episode 152, right here. And uh, with me, as always, I'm John. Nathan. And uh, we have a great show for you, and so we're going to try to switch it up just a bit. Um, just a bit. Yeah, just a bit. Uh, our normal episode with the, the three of us, or two of us, or how, whatever it is, uh, will be next Will, will be next week, but uh, because there's so much going on in TV land and all that with the Emmys and everything else. Now, we're not going to talk about our Emmy bet. That's for next episode, but um, I thought we could do uh, Jerome Wetzel TV for the next few weeks on our normal off weeks to uh, get it out there. So, uh, so yeah, what you're about ready to hear is, uh, is uh, Jimmy and I and maybe whoever else Jimmy wants, I don't know, um, <laughs> talking about whatever. Obviously, you can tell we planned this out really well in advance. So, uh, all right, well, uh, here's Jerome Wetzel TV. Welcome out to the good, bad, and the geeky. I'm Jim. <laughs> it's been a while since I've had to say that. Yes, yes. And we'll, 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 but yeah, we're very had we're <laughs> we're very happy to have you out in this uh, super extended edition of. Well, uh, you know, I'm not going to do this. It's, this is your book. This is your thing. This is your thing. Okay. You well, it's a, a very special TV premieres episode of the Good, the Bad, the Geeky. Uh, Jerome Wetzel TV here. At least that's my Twitter name. I you know do TV reviews for Examiner.com. Uh, the TVKing.com, blogcritics.org, and my own blog, JeromeWetzelTV.blogspot.com. And I'm here with your regular host, Nick Nitro, yes, to yes. talk about the bazillion and a half television premieres there this week. Oh my god. And you know Which what? It's dude, every single one, so I am freaking exhausted. You know, I have them all run. I just need to... Matter of fact, after I get done with this, I'm going to post them. It'll be like an explosion of, of articles from my womb of my mind or something. That's how I... Like, it, it's my way of trying to use the word womb in a sentence. And... But, but no, seriously, I have, like, Fringe, A Gifted Man. I have all of them. They're just waiting to be posted. And I watched A Gifted Man and Fringe this afternoon. I haven't written them. So tonight, after we talk, I'm going to write those, and I'm going to write up Saturday Night Live, which I just finished watching like a half an hour ago. So the only review things that I, like, watched that I didn't get to were Nikita and Blue Bloods, but they can wait till next week because there's a million more premieres tonight. So, so you're not, You didn't hold off on Prime Suspect? No, I wrote Prime Suspect earlier. Oh, you did? Well, 
I thought you well, I remember actually, you were uh, Harry's Law I skipped earlier too because it was a part one and I was already starting to fall behind uh-huh. on the days so I was still writing Thursday premieres this morning I'm finally on Friday premieres now oh wow well I know at one point I thought you were debating not to do Prime Suspect or not I was, and then I went ahead and did it, because I actually kind of enjoyed it quite a bit. And see, the reason I went ahead and did it is because I thought it would be a sucky procedural, and I didn't want to have to watch a second episode next week. (laughs) It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. That's the same reason I watched The Gifted Man today. Instead of putting that one off, I put off the Keenan Blue Bloods, because they're good, but they're not my favorite shows, and I could wait a week to review them. But A Gifted Man was actually pretty excellent, too, so... I, I know, I was surprised by that. I, I didn't, uh, I like Patrick Wilson since I've seen Watchmen, but beyond that, I didn't really know him a lot, of, you know, with him in it, and uh, I really, I was surprised about how decent The Gifted Man was. Now, would you say, though, that dialogue-wise, tonally, it was uneven a little bit, even though... I mean, it's still a procedural, and it's a pilot, so, you know, you can excuse a lot, but... It's on CBS, so I just assume, you know, random crime of the week or medical case of the week, right. crap. Like, the only thing that really makes me sad is Margot Martindale is a freaking secretary in that show, and her talent level is up here, and her part is down here, and I know you can't see my hands because this is an audio podcast. Right, but, I can, so I know what you're... Oh, well, yeah, Nick can. Uh, you guys can't. But the thing is, her, she is so extremely freaking talented. She just won the Emmy for... An amazing role in Justified, and yes, now she's basically playing a secretary where she's not going to have that much to do. Oh. And she's one of the stars of the show. She'll she'll be there every week. She'll be the plucky secretary with sass. It doesn't matter. She's so good. She deserves a meaty role that she can really showcase her talents in. You and mean walking up the stage and tripping? Almost anybody else could do. Well, no, I, I do. I do. I You know... Uh, you you kept telling me, along with some other people, uh, where my normal nine to five job is. Was Justify was great. This first season wasn't that great, but the second season was was fantastic. First season was good. The second one was even better. I liked the first season from the beginning. I thought it was amazing. And uh, a pilot blew me away. I was hooked from the first. Now, see, episode. I didn't like the pilot of that. I, I just thought it was well because I thought it was like, oh, I get it. He's justified to do whatever he wants. If he wants to shoot a guy, even though he shouldn't, he's justified and, and that, the, the, the fact that he shot the guy he had to keep his word and he gave the guy his word that he would shoot him if he didn't leave town and the fact that he went through with it was so badass it just impressed me right well, there yeah it's badass but like i was just like it's too much you can't see me out there but i'm pointing it's on the nose way too on the nose uh, and that's the only thing that bothered uh, me and then i i watched a few more episodes and it still wasn't my thing and then uh everyone started saying well listen if you didn't like season one come back to season two it's it's fantastic and then i watched the finale because that's when i started interviewing trying to interview re- interview review anything and i i was upset that i i didn't stick with it because season, the finale was fantastic of, of justified yeah. and Margot was amazing and despite oh. that fact that she can't walk upstairs uh to win an emmy I, I'm still. I was still very proud. Matter of fact, I voted for her. That was a part of my Emmy choice. Was I her. did not do the Emmy ballot this year. You you totally should have, man. Be- I'm not a gambler, and to be honest, just guessing and those things, especially when there's no stakes and doesn't matter. I mean, with you guys, it was kind of fun because we always made it a contest. But yeah. at home by myself, there wasn't really a point to do it. 
Well, dude, so, you should have done it anyway. We would have read it. I mean, we couldn't have included you in the bet because, you know, you're would you you're out there in Kentucky. You wouldn't have been able to come down and buy us all a movie or take us to a movie. Right. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, the I have the totals here is that, uh, well, let me see. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Last year, I did better than 50%. I did quite well, but. Well, I think uh, we had only, like, well, see, we only did, like, the main, the big, big, big ones that TV Line posted. Um, they showed, like, a like a general must-have list. And uh-huh. so we got those, which is, like, 10 or 15. And John and I tied at 8, and Nathan got 6. Okay. So. That's pretty good. No, what was scary is that Nathan, who doesn't watch anything, or TV-wise, really, except for what we make him watch, is, uh-huh. uh, the first few awards, he was he was de- crushing John and I by four. Modern Family. Modern Family. Just voted Modern Family across the board. Yeah, he had mo- like the first four ones were all mod- major Modern Family awards, and I'm and he chose Jim Parsons. We didn't choose Jim Parsons. Really, he won last year. Well, no, we we were thinking Steve Carell for The Office because it uh, was last yeah, year. I, I and Steve Carell as well, which is why last time I did this Emmy thing, the last couple years actually, since I haven't been on the show anymore. Um, I created a weighted system. A weighted system? A weighted system, right. Because there's like six nominees. Okay. And I put your first choice, if you get it right, in the major categories, you get three points. Your second choice, you get two. Your third choice, you get one. So when those difficult categories where you're not completely sure, you maybe got a couple things, you can still get partial credit. Right. And then the lesser categories, like the ones you don't even normally pick because you don't even know what to pick are only worth one point anyway. So the acting categories are more heavily weighted in the overall total as well. So I thought it was a pretty good system. I enjoyed doing it that way. Oh, wow. I Yeah, now John did something where he researched who all won before, like, the how the he, he studied how the Academy voted, of uh, television voted for people. Like, he's, oh, like, wow. usually in, like, The Amazing Race, like, apparently lost for the first time in years, but he's just, like... Yeah, usually in a category, if they've been winning for years and they lose one, that means the Academy usually isn't, they're not, they're, they're not favorited anymore to win. But mm-hmm. we chose Amazing Race anyway, but he was like, I'm a little antsy on it because... Uh, they lost last year. Exactly, and I'm just like, Jesus, I'm fucking more nerdy about this shit than you are, and you, you fucking researched the mother- this shit. I, I don't, I was like, Jesus Christ. And yet we, and we tied, so I don't know. Well, normally, any award show, even the Emmys, I fast-forward through the commercials. I fast-forward through most of the speeches. Yeah. You know, I skim it for what I want. And this year, I was asked to be part of a panel. So I had to sit Yeah, how did that go? Because I was late. Before, watching the red carpet crap, oh every commercial, God. all the way past 11 o'clock. I was so Ooh. tired. It was past my bedtime. It actually went pretty well, though. We had almost 200 people stop by the chat room. And the average length of stay was an hour. That was awesome, man. And now it's with Tara, right, from Blog, per- blog Critics? Yeah, the um, senior executive editor blog critics, the main editor of the whole site, Barbara Marnett, she's a TV writer, and she decided, like, the day before the Emmys to do this, so she asked me and another lady to be on the panel, and there were three of us, and really only about 10 people actually chatted with us the whole time, but we looked at the stats later, and it was like 200 people in the room, it was pretty cool. That's awesome, man, that's freaking awesome, dude. Yeah, it was, and you know, I... You know, I like to go to bed a little earlier, and I don't like to sit through commercials, so it was kind of a pain in that regard. But since I was asked to do it, and TV's kind of my thing, I felt, and this is kind of a big night for TV, I kind of felt like I needed to. Yeah. And it was a really good experience, so. Well, that's, now, now let me ask you, though. 
What, what I watched of the red the red carpet stuff was absolutely dreadful. How always, always. Oh. the only good part was when John Hamm revealed all the secrets of the next season of Mad Men. Oh yeah, yeah. Was like it jokey? Be, like uh, vampires and zombies because that's what's hot right now. It was a little ham in fist. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> yeah, was... pretty much. Oh, what well, I do like John Hamm. I will say, even though I don't care for well. I'm still getting through season two. I've only made it one episode in, and I'm not... Oh, uh, it just gets better and better, I let know, me tell you. and that's what everyone season tells me. Season four was amazing from start to finish. That's what everyone tells me. And now, I will it, say, though, come on, what's up with Mad Men winning again? For I was season? a little upset about that. I, I can't lie. I mean, the thing is, season it's won the, last, the first three years. Right. And then this year for season four, season four was their best year yet. So, by that logic, if they won the first three seasons, they should win the fourth season. But on the other hand, I really would have liked Game of Thrones to jump up and take it. Yeah. Oh, but Peter Dinklage won, which I thought was totally... Awesome, because he's the best part of that show, and that's not a minor compliment, because that show is fantastic. Minor compliment. Oh, because he's is he short, minor. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I I mean, no, I have, because I, I remember watching this, and I'm like, hey, it's Peter, it's the guy from Death at a Funeral, and I just kept watching it, and I was like, this guy's really fucking good. Oh, and he it, is. Yeah, and I mean, I knew he's a good actor, but like, I was like, he's like one of the best parts of the show, and you, you yeah. right, so it was, uh, I was so happy, and then, uh, uh, oh my god, what's the guy's name? He plays uh, Phil. In, a modern uh, family, Ty Burrell. Ty Burrell. His... I know. I always feel like he doesn't get as much credit as he deserves, and this was a real nice yeah. honor. Plus, he gave the best speech of the night. He really did. He really did because it had just enough pathos in it about his dad that... Like, it almost he... had you tears in your eyes, and then he kept tossing a joke in. I know, like, right? Like, dude. he took you right to the precipice of darkness and then drew you back in and then got you right back up to the precipice again. And then he's like, no, no, we're still not going over, but I'm going to quit you right there. Yeah, because I, I actually teared up a little bit. It was it was very well done. I was... Oh, amazing. It, it was. I, I just felt a little bad for Julie Bowen because he blew her out of the water. <laughs> yeah, he did. Julie, well, Julie Bowen. You know, I like Julie Bowen a great deal. She's super hot, but... Um, yeah. I love her on Modern Family. Less impressed with her in real life. Well, she's nuts in real life. I've come to... And I say that with all due respect to Julie Bowen. If one day, for whatever reason, somehow this gets gets to her. But um, well, no, she doesn't seem nuts. I think she has ADD or something. She just, you know... Something, yeah. Yeah, because she's really... She's a wonderful actress, and she's really funny on the show, and she deserves the Emmy, so... And she's done other great stuff like Lost and... Uh, do you remember the show Ed... Or was that before? That was a little before. Ed, no, that was before I got into TV. I, I wish they would release Ed on Netflix. Ed is free. She was the, like the the girl that Ed always liked, but never. Yeah, she was oh, adorable. I loved her on Boston Legal. Boston, myself. yeah, that's right. Okay, so we could use this as a segue, Jimmy. But, okay, to get back to our main topic. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. What What did you think of previous uh, head of Boston Legal, James Spader's turn on The Office? I really enjoyed it. To be honest, Andy was my second choice for boss. Right, behind, I think, uh, Pam, right? Pam. I thought Pam should do it. I felt mm-hmm. like she was a dark horse, unexpected choice. But considering she wasn't even in the running, of all the people in the running, Andy should definitely get it. And in retrospect, Pam already gets so much story and plot 
Right. This is a good way to keep give Andy something more to do. Whereas if Pam took over the boss, I mean, you mm-hmm. know, Andy wouldn't have gotten the big role promotion. I mean, it's a promotion in, in the cast as well as on screen. You know, you're going to have a lot more story right. as the boss. And Spader, I mean, uh, he was fantastic. He was probably my favorite guest star from last spring in the finale. Yes, my so, Other than, um, oh, shoot. Was somebody else from really Doctor liked. Who, Catherine Tate. Eh, she was okay. See, she I was the one people like thought they were actually going to try to hire. I know. And thank, I, I, you know, I uh, when I was watching Doctor Who, I kept hearing she was going to be on the show. And this is after I saw the finale to The Office. And I was like, oh, God, please do not hire this woman. And please, I don't want to watch her in Doctor Who. Because I thought she was just so un... It was... You know how Michael Scott was uncomfortable funny? This was almost yeah. too uncomfortable to, to be even be funny. And, uh, and I didn't, so I didn't really like her in that. And then, you know, I, my opinion changed over Dr. Who, but, um, since then I was like, you know, you've got to get Spader. I don't, he's not, he can't, he's not doing anything. And I didn't think he, I know he's not going to be in every episode. So I didn't think they had signed him as a main character, but he was in the theme song. So apparently the episodes he's there, he'll be in the theme song. Right. So he is like full time. He's just not in every episode. Okay. And my friend brought this up, and this is a good point at work. Um, who watches the show with watches the show? And we talk about it occasionally. And I want your opinion on this, which is, okay, did Joe, uh, which is Kathy Bates, who owns Saber Printing, who then right. acquires Dunder Mifflin, is he the right. CEO of Dunder Mifflin, or is he now the CEO of Saber Printing? Oh, I didn't even consider that. Because sometimes when you acquire, you can either make it part of the, the general company and you're the CEO of everything, or you're the CEO of whatever company you acquire, but maybe pass it on to somebody else. So, um, yeah, because my friend was I, like, I definitely felt like they introduced him as if he was just the CEO of Dunder Mifflin. See, that's but, that's how I took it too. too. Um, not <laughs> Saber, but I didn't even think about it to be honest until right now. That was just one of those ones. I was like, well, what is your take? Because I, I was just like, I don't know. I, I thought it was just, you know, at first I thought it was Saber because that's the only thing we've seen Joe as. But right. I don't know. But, you know, she was running both companies, really. And then this allowed her to, you know, do a little less work. Right. I guess she splits it off. Um, it was pretty intelligent. I thought he was just fucking with their heads with the list for the longest time and then when it revealed it was actually real i was like wow well wow <laughs> yeah well i still think that it was all a ploy i i know I, I think he may have really felt that way and the fact that everybody's all worried about it that's not his management style to worry over small things like that but it does confuse me how pam ended up on the loser side and kevin ended up on the winner's side that just seems completely off the wall to me i just want you to know that you are all losers oh sorry i well no, I, well, I don't know yeah i i mean that that but, but again that's why some of me thinks of that it might have been a ploy but at the same time, I really don't know. But I will say uh, the episode up until the very end, to me, was a little mediocre. Even though I was enjoying it, it was a, me- a little yeah. mediocre. Because part uh-huh. of me also felt that Michael Scott would just come in and do something to say, hey, everybody, I'm and he never did. And I, I know he wasn't going to. No, no. But that's what it sort of felt like. That was the vibe. And then, and then right at the end, the point that won me over was not only the part where he walked in and told Spader off, uh, California off, but at the end, something that Michael never really got, which was 
even a small form of respect on an average day, not right before, of course, he's leaving kind of thing. But uh, when they were all saying goodbye to him, goodbye, Andy, good night, Andy, have a good night, Andy. And and I was like, you know, that proved his medal as boss. Right. So and that that I thought that was very emotional because in the same way as Michael, Andy is needy, but in a, but at the same time, it's also in a different spin. So, oh yeah, he's gonna not be. He's not a repeat of Michael. This will be a completely different boss. Definitely, definitely. And so. he's a terrible salesman. So I guess it's good that he's in a different position. So he's not gonna get fired or something by Robert. Right. But the only part that really bumps me out about his promotion is now him and Aaron can't happen. Hmm. I I never put it past that show. They're that they're, they're destined to be together. Robert California would not allow it to happen. Maybe, but Jim and Pam are married, and he would figure that... <laughs> Jim is not Pam's boss. Oh, okay, that might be true. Um, okay. That's employee relationship. It opens them up to sexual harassment suits. and. That's true. Well, I, I think I read an interview with Andy Helms where they said the whole relationship gets taken no. to a new level um, in Hall- by Halloween. So... Helms? What did I say? Andy Helms? Said Andy Helms. I'm sorry, Ed Helms, who plays Andy on The Office. I love it. Oh, Lord. You know you're having a good day when your dyslexia kicks in with common words and phrases. Your dyslexia? My dyslexia, yes. Bathroom I've been today, yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but uh, but okay. So what other what other shows um, did you wanna do you wanna really pinpoint on and just go for? Well, I kind of feel like we should talk about more of the new shows than yeah, the returning definitely. ones. Sure, sure. Um, I guess the new Stanker with NBC's Thursday Night Sitcoms, I guess the new um, series there is Whitney. Whitney. Yeah. Uh, Whitney. yeah. Wish you could see the face Nick was making right now. <laughs> it, I, I have, okay. I thought the show was going to be pure shit, and yeah. it was only like sort of shit. It, it wasn't, hey. Oh. I, okay, I will say, out of all the shows that aired Thursday, all of them, old and new, uh, none of them really made me laugh out loud. Like, I mean, it was more of like, all the humor throughout the whole night was more like, oh, that's funny. Oh, that's okay, funny. You had me laughing out loud. Yeah. Now, Whitney, there was music two- number I watched three times. Which one? The opening musical number for Community, I watched three times today. <laughs> okay, Community, okay, I tell you that. Community made me laugh out loud with the Cougar Town stuff and da- Cougar Town Abbey. Abbey. <laughs> yeah, that, that stuff cracked me up. But, it was uh, awesome. But I, I think, to me, I thought Community was going for a more story ratio. So, that, But any, anyway, that's not Community. I Community, how in the song they're saying we're going to be less weird, but because they're doing it in song, it kind of defeats the purpose right off the but bat. But it was a dream sequence, though. It wasn't like a normal, <laughs> like, glee or anything. No. And honestly, if the show got less weird, it would ruin it. That's not, it, sh- it needs to be weird. It's and bizarre, but that's what makes it wonderful. Jeff and Annie are going to sleep together, apparently, by season's end, if you follow Jeff's dreams. Well, yeah, they were no, they were going to have them get together anyway. They were going to try a Jeff-Annie relationship this season anyway. Right. So Yeah, so... But, but anyway, back to Whitney. Yeah, in terms of Whitney, though, I uh, I don't know. Like, it did get the the only laugh from me from the night, because I've seen... The promos I've seen of it always showed them at the wedding, and they were doing mm-hmm. that thing where they're just like... That wasn't funny at all. No, the only thing that made me laugh at the wedding was one thing, which was, in the promo clip they showed was, oh my god, who ate the cupcakes? That's our wedding cake. And you see Whitney sitting there, and he's like, what are you going to do next? You know, or, 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 man, you're on a roll tonight. And I'm like, oh, that's hilarious. And then he goes, what next? You going to do blackface? Now, that that wasn't in the promo, and that cracked me up. 
because I just wasn't expecting. Yeah. And what then- did they get for serving stupid cupcakes at a wedding instead of real cake? That wasn't Whitney's fault. I, I, hey, I, I'm with her on that one. I, but <laughs> it's a trend now, but it's a stupid trend. What's that? Having cupcakes instead of cake. Well, you know, it's not as fattening. You know what I mean? In today's health, conf- health conscious fat. America. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Does it have icing on it? Yes. Is it some form of cake involved? Yes. It's fattening for you. Shut up and eat it. Or uh-huh. shove it into your wife's face, and then she can shove it back into yours. Happy day. But, uh, no, yeah, I mean, I did like the insurance form. She's like, you really want me to fill out the insurance <laughs> form? The leading, the foreplay scene was just, uh... Yeah. That was my favorite part of the episode. And I like her, and I like the relationship she's got with her guy. Like, it feels more realistic than a lot of on-screen relationships. Right. I, I will say that, and uh, I, it wasn't it wasn't that bad, I guess, as I'm making it out to be. I just... Friends' characters were wasted, completely. At oh, least in the first episode. Oh my god, they were horrible. And the mom, uh, Jane, what's her name? Uh, I'll say it wrong, but it's Kazmarek. Yeah. Like what's his name? Who was in the West Wing? It's married to him. He was in The Good Guys. Had this, yeah. Had this Bradley Whitford. That's, right. Yeah, his, his wife. So anyway, yeah, I just I was There's like, the mom in the middle. And yeah, she was wasted. I, I, yeah, I, yeah, it wasn't. I didn't enjoy the friends. If they could just focus on those two, I. Well, be, that's yeah. I don't know why they need the extra people. I really don't. Yeah, I. You know, it's a sitcom that isn't as good as the other shows on that night, but it's better than a lot of crap on TV. Yes. So it'll run a season like Outsourced or Kath and Kim did. Okay. And then it'll probably go away. Yeah. Now, uh, Whitney Cummings did another show this year. Um, she wrote girls, which is way funnier. She should have chosen to star in that if it was a choice. I don't know if it was. You know, I sort of hope it wasn't because I think as Whitney, she's good. But as two, bro- I like Kat Dennings and I like Beth Bears. I like her too, and I think Whitney was too old to play opposite Beth Bears and still have that same relationship. But every, almost every humorous laugh line out of Kat Denning's mouth sounds straight out of Whitney Cummings' stand-up. Like, that character is so influenced by Whitney Cummings. Yeah. At least in the first episode. And Beth Bears' character, I mean, the, besides Whitney Cummings, it was created with Michael Patrick King, who did Sex and the City, and I really feel like Beth Bears' character is Charlotte from Sex and the City with different life circumstances. Wait a minute. Charlotte is the the one that married the Jew, right? Yes. Okay. The, they, he, I feel like there's a very strong similarity in the type of personality that she is and what Charlotte was. Yeah, but Charlotte wasn't that stupid, I would say. She's not stupid. This Well, woman, she has more book smart than she she's has. She's got a business plan. She's oh. ditzy, but she's not dumb. Okay. Uh, there we go. That's why I was, you know, she has book smart, but doesn't have street smart. No, she's, she's book smart, definitely. No, Charlotte's not street smart either. Charlotte always had that ditzy naivety, naivete, naivete. Whatever. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah okay. You, yeah. I, I got what you're picking up. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Uh, okay. Yeah, I got that. But, uh, but it was a really strong, really funny show. I thought from the promos it was going to be about two girls working in a diner, and I was not at all excited or interested. And it's not about that at all. It's apparently <laughs> about two girls who have a horse. <laughs> or a dream. <laughs> or I know. I was just saying that because that was yeah. unexpected and it cracked me the fuck up. Was the whole and there thing. are many shows that you can look at their pilot and see a roadmap for the next six seasons. And that one I could immediately. Yeah. 
Now, see, you would think that with another show, like, you know, again, not to get off track, but How I Met Your Mother, but again, I digress. <laughs> you know, that's well, I think the problem with How I Met Your Mother was there was never an end date set, and they needed to set an end date back in season two or three. And even if it was season six, there needed to be an end date. I feel like now, even though there is no end date set, they've been given another two seasons. So... They're going to be on at least two more years. And I felt like last season was a bit better than the season before because it had really kind of got a rut. But last season, they added some heavier emotional elements. Yeah. And the season yeah. premiere this year did a good job make, being funny and doing the heavy emotion. And now that it feels like they're starting to build towards an end, even though there's no end date, I think it's getting back on track. Yeah. I was very pleased with the premiere, both episodes. Okay. Because... I mean, this season's going to be about Barney's quest for his wife. But I, isn't it pretty odd? But see, I thought that Robin is his wife. I'm not convinced. I think there's a strong possibility, but I think it could also go another direction. But we also uh, know, too, that Ted is also an unreliable narrator. How so? Oh, multiple times. I think the show owners have even come right out and, and said that. Like, he's... He's lied about stuff before, or he fudges things because, and part of that to me is their way of saying, yeah, we goofed on a flashback we said would happen. Like it happened only like a, at this time period, but like I think the goat thing is one of the things where they keep saying the goat thing. It was year, and, and they made a joke about that and kind of fixed that. Well, right. But again, that, that their, their point is, is that Ted is telling the truth, but in a general way that he's not 100%. He's not 100% correct about everything. Anybody that's remembering a story that happened years ago. Oh yeah, I mean, totally. The story 25 years after the fact. Right. Well, 20 years now, but you know, it, there's going to be some details that get misremembered or screwed up. But uh, when having your mother open for their premiere this week, I felt like they were setting up the Barney wedding thing so that he would be marrying somebody other than Robin, and then at the last second he was going to call off the wedding because he realized he loved Robin. But the end of the episode changed my mind because they told him, yes, he's making the right decision. Now, whether that is Robin or somebody else remains to be seen because while Robin is in love with him right now, she's going to be dating Cal Penn for a few episodes coming up. Right. And I could see, you know, Ted and Robin were once so in love and they demonstrated such a great friendship with no physical attraction left in this episode that I could see them doing something similar with Barney as things go on. And so I'm not sure if he's going to end up with Robin. It may be, you know, the other girl that he won back to start dating again, uh, or it could be somebody else that we haven't met yet. That's true. Oh, God, I just wish that show would have an end date. I, I would start watching it religiously again because... You got me into the show right before, right before you left. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I talk over. No, I, I think then it needs to be the the two seasons more what they've been promised, and that should be it. I agree. I agree. Um, what else? What else? Other shows have been have been new. Um, comedy, comedy wise, you want to stick with comedy? Oh. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say Two Broke Girls airs on Monday. I was looking at I'm looking at my list of reviews, which starts on Monday and goes forward. Uh, oh, Two and a Half Men, real quick. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Because it's not a new show, but it it's, is. A it new is. Show. Yeah, definitely. Um, Ashton Kutcher, thoughts? He likes being naked a lot. 
my biggest thought that came out of that episode and somebody else echoed it in a headline is why the hell isn't Darman and Greg still back on the air? <laughs> I agree. Like that that actually made me excited to watch the episode because before I was like, I really like I, I the best part. I get that Two and a Half Men has a, a demo, which is crude humor, and I like crude humor, but the way they do it, it's not my cup of tea. And no. I do like, in theory, the concept that Alan is, is now the teacher, but he still fails all the time, kind of like an acting teacher. Um, sorry, that's mean for any acting teachers out there, but... But the general concept is is like it's almost well it's like Penny said Big Bang Theory. Well, if, if I don't if I stay here, I guess I could become an acting teacher or something. But yeah, it's the same concept. Do it, teach. That's one of the worst I know. philosophies. Oh, I, I I agree with that because if you can't succeed at doing the normal acting gig, you shouldn't. Anyway, the same concept is yeah. Alan fails at doing that, but yet he's really good at accidentally helping Kutcher, which I was like, oh, that's pretty neat, but. I've tried to watch it from the beginning. I've dropped in here and there. It's terrible. I, I really think that show has almost no redeeming qualities, and it's one of the worst shows still running on television. Not even Melanie and Linsky as a redeeming quality? Even what? Melanie Linsky. Who? Melanie Linsky? You don't know Melanie Linsky? She's awesome. She's the I one don't. that, during the funeral scene, that said she pushed Charlie off into... Uh, well, during the funeral scene, I, I saw a lot of actresses I liked. And I like Colin Taylor in other things, who plays their mom. But that oh, show, and her I mean, mom. Really? He's with, that unfeeling? I'm sorry. The whole thing where the mom was trying to sell the condo during the funeral, I was just like, this show is really, really bad. And whoever watches it, I'm sorry, I will probably insult listeners, but they must have no taste whatsoever. I agree. I, I agree with you, because I'm like... Really, does everyone hate Charlie that much, you know, or I'm sorry, Charlie Harper that much that, uh... I will probably watch one more episode just because they didn't complete the whole how is Ashton going to work in the thing, but if the next episode's as bad as this week's, I'm not even sure I'll make it through the whole thing. Yeah, I, me neither. I agree. I agree right there with you. Now, I mean, and how they worked Ashton in was okay for what the show is, but again, it's not me. It's not for me, and it won't be for me. So, um, another new sitcom. There weren't that many sitcoms. Oh, New Girl, of course. New Girl. New uh, Girl. I like uh, the New Girl. Well, you know who my biggest celebrity crush has been for many, many years. Zoe Deschanel. It's true. And, or as my wife calls her, Zooey Deschanel, because of how she spells her name. Zooey. And my wife keeps saying she doesn't understand the attraction at all. But anyway. <laughs> she has beautiful big peepers, and I'm not talking about her tits. I'm talking she's about adorable. Her, she's a, she really is adorable. And the adorkable. fact... Adorkable? Adorkable. Oh, yes. I would also go with adorable as well. In the term, but I'm going to promote it because I love it. It's perfect. I think that's awesome. I think you should stick with that. I, I like it. I'm here to support you with that term, adorkable. I, I, yeah. I fully support it. Let's help the trend. I, I will. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet it when we when we publish this episode. I might even call it adorkable. Okay. There you go. Well, honestly, as much as I love her, I avoid promos and previews unless I'm gonna get to see the whole thing. So I can judge it fresh, because previews suck. Anyway, I mean, really, they do. They, they ruin do. things, they... whatever. 
Um, so I heard it as a girl moves in with three guys, and I'm like, sounds dumb. Don't really have any interest in it at all. But it was a really good pilot. It really, really good. Like, funny, heart. Um, the three guys were really good. It actually makes me sad that Coach is only in one episode, because Damon Wayans Jr.'s promised happy endings. Oh, which I like happy endings, but... I do you too, know. but it does make me sad that I think that Damon Wayans could be better utilized on the new girl. I hate to say it like that. Or or because they both have other characters, you know, and they have to film somewhere near each other. Couldn't they poss- he possibly star in both? I mean, come on, shows. Give him scheduling time to do it. I know. And I think isn't both shows, even though they're on different networks, aren't both shows like... On the, I think they're most made by Warner Brothers or something. So, yeah, that's why I'm just like, yeah, come on, please make it work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if Community can name drop Cougar Town 80 times an episode, surely these two shows can share Damon Wayans Jr. Oh, my God. Yeah. And he, he had the best joke, which is when he started screaming at her. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I don't care. He's like, well, okay. The douchebag jar. Oh, and the dude, du- yeah. Matter of fact, uh, come up with all those cheesy, horrible lines, but it's justified because then they have to pay the douchebag jar. That's, uh, yeah, which I find that, I, I thought that was a very clever concept. And now the only thing that makes me sad, and that's why I've actually held off on doing the New Girl review yet, is because mm-hmm. next week we'll, I'll get to see what the, the, the normal cast will be. Right. Um, because I like the New Girl, but in terms of article review, I've held off on it because... They're replacing the coach with the other token black guy character, who I don't know who he is. I don't know what he what what he'll do or what his dynamic is within the group now. So, well, that, and that makes sense. Uh, I probably didn't hold off mostly because I loved the pilot so much. Yeah, that I felt like I wanted to say something about it. And what if it sucks starting next week? So. See, you're doing the smart thing, which is you write one article about now, get, you'll get money for it, and then you write another girl saying, yeah, second episode, what happened? They dropped the ball. Or saying, oh, it's great. So, uh, I won't have time to cover it this week, episode two, because I, there's more premieres this week, plus the three shows I skipped this past week. And I've got five DVD Blu-ray sets of seasons sitting on my couch because ABC sent me all their DVD seasons before they came out, so I was able to review them. Wait a minute, you got yours in Blu-ray? Huh? You got yours in Blu-ray. Not ABC. They don't release theirs in Blu-ray. I was going to say, because, I, I, dude, I'm... Fox Studios releases most of theirs. Yeah, I got all those, too. They didn't send me Army Wives, which I don't watch, but a friend wanted. So I wanted them to send it to me. Yeah, same and here. Brothers and Sisters, I think, because I waited too long to get in on the whole mailing list stuff. Oh, that one, I, by the time, even though I was on the main list, it was really weird. I've heard nothing from Disney's uh, publicity department for their DVD all year after I signed up. Because I think I signed up about, like, last, before TV, television season ended. And then I get out of the blue an email saying, do you want Grey's Anatomy in private practice on DVD to review? And I'm like, sure, why not? And then they and then and, and then and then they kept saying, "Do you want Cougar Town as well?" And Desperate Housewives and Body of Proof and Castle. And I said, "Sure." And then and they give you this nice little sheet. Jimmy knows what I'm talking about. For those who don't know, oh, yeah. it's a packet. They give you a little packet, and it has all the information about the sales dates and all this stuff. And you'll see on there, there's brothers and sisters off the map. Now we they gave us an offer for a contest for off the map, which we did, but they didn't give us off the map brothers and I sisters. I got off the map. <laughs> Which, you know what makes me mad? I really like that show. I wish I got a copy of that to review. Of Off the Map, really? Oh, I love that show. 
I didn't think it was good. I didn't think it was okay. Awesome. I hate Grey's Anatomy. I don't uh-huh. care for it, and I, I I don't hate it. I just don't. It's not my thing. But when I watched off the map when it premiered last year, I was like, you know what? I'm going. I'm not going to like this show. This is a Grey's Anatomy type show. And it I was Grey's freaking, Anatomy American style. I yeah, but I loved it, and I don't know why. I still to the life of me have no understanding of why I enjoyed that show. That was one of those ones that got canceled, and I never finished watching it. I only watched the first like five episodes. So when you watch the DVD, you finished, or no, you've not watched it yet. No, I've been too busy. I watched the last episode to see if it ended with a cliffhanger or if it tied up loose ends. It did and both. Cliffhanger. No, it was big cliffhanger. Oh, um, the, the girl, the, the one girl was the cliffhanger. Everything else, though, they tied up pretty nicely. There were several cliffhangers. I felt like they didn't tie up hardly anything. Really? Having just watched it, like, two weeks ago, yeah. Wow. Okay. But, uh, yeah, now that I have the DVD at some point, I probably will watch those other episodes. But, yeah, I didn't get that. But anyway, uh, Fox Studios has been sending me their releases. Um, I've gotten Glee and Raising Hope and uh, Modern Family, because wow. that's made by Fox Studios, even it's ABC. And um, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. But, and Raising Hope, they didn't release in Blu-ray. I checked on Amazon, so I got that in DVD. But everything else I've been getting in Blu-ray. But they send it a couple days after the release date. They probably stick it in the mail as soon as it's released. And because I got these like right in the middle of season finale or season premiere stuff, oh, I reviewed Glee, but I haven't gotten anything else. And I just need to watch the bonus features because I've seen all the episodes. But I still just don't have time. I'm hoping next weekend I can get to it, which makes me feel a little bad. But I also have two DVD sets from Acorn Media that come out in a couple of days that I really need to get done this week, too. So Jesus, um, next weekend is going to be all DVD sets after, as soon as I get through these season premieres. I was hoping I'd get through all the premieres by last night and spend the day catching up on Boardwalk Empire because I've only seen the first episode. Actually, I saw two, but I rewatched the first episode like a week ago and I was going to rewatch the second one. And yeah, I haven't got to Boardwalk Empire. I'll get to it in a couple weeks. You can't see my face, what? people, but my, my, my face is of shock. Did you freeze? And awe. Did I? Your face froze. My face, yeah. It's, it was a shock. It was that was a face of shock and all, Jimmy. That you've <laughs> only seen one episode of Boy, but yeah, Boardwalk Empire. I, I was, I'm surprised you, you've not seen that, Jimmy. That just shocked me, and I just found the first two episodes so boring. I couldn't get into it, but I was told it's like Mad Men that it starts boring, but as it goes on, it gets like really, really good. So I, I admit it took me three tries to watch the first season of Mad Men, and now I love it. So I'll give Boardwalk another chance. Good man, good man. Because it, it is. It's a slow burn, and uh, I, I well, was... It'll be at least two weeks before I can catch up on well, it. Well, yeah, because there's so much stuff um, coming up, uh, and it's aired. So, uh, But we'll, we'll take a break real quick, um, and we'll... Well, we'll not the comedy, so part two will be drama. Ooh. <laughs> drama we'll be right back right after this we'll cry a little bit you know (laughs) i know who your real mother is and i'll meet my evil twin right after the break
I've not read in a while? What? Angels and Demons by Dan Brown. There's a few new ones I wouldn't mind having either. I'm busy a lot of the time, too. Yeah, that's why I listen to audiobooks on my iPod Touch. It uh, helps me stay in touch with the books I want to read and allow me to, you know, fit in between the rest of my responsibilities. That is why, for some of you listening to the Good, the Bad, and the Geeky podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you a chance to check out their service. I was able to sign up and get a free copy of one of my favorite books. Catch me if you can. Hey, do they have uh, Horton Here's a Who? Let me check. Yes, they do. So if you'd like to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash goodbaggeeky. What's that again for the free audiobook? Again, that's www.audibletrial.com forward slash goodbaggeeky for your free audiobook. Wake up. Go to work. Work. Come home. Eat dinner. Rot your brain out. Go to bed. Lather. Rinse. Repeat. Are you tired of an old humdrum life? Tired of things that just weigh you down and depress you? Wouldn't you rather just focus on things that are awesome? Tune into Nutty Bites. Find out what's awesome. Nutty Bites. Nimlast.org slash blog.
I know, right? You know, we, yeah, yeah. It was a, that was a good. We're back. I think it's good quality. I think, uh, I think we'll, we'll, I think we'll keep it. I think we'll keep it. I know we finished comedy, but our little uh, ending thing reminded me. Did you watch Saturday Night Live last night? Oh no, I don't watch SNL. Alec Baldwin broke Steve Martin's record, sixteenth host gig. Did Steve Martin show up to contest of course. it? Of course. Nice. Rogan. He showed up to make sure Alec Baldwin was not on any performance-enhancing enhancing drugs, and he made Alec Baldwin pee in a cup, and he brought a drug expert, Seth Rogen, and uh. a whole medical team. And then instead of using the equipment and the team, he Steve tasted it and swirled it around in his mouth. Apple juice. <laughs> Apple juice. I'm sure, but it was still pretty disgusting. And that was the funniest part of the show. But they did a uh, takeoff of... The soap opera's ending. What's Susan Lucci in? I don't remember. All My Children's Guiding Light. They they did a take off that, and that was probably the best sketch. And they kept having other people enter, and they were all backstage people talking about the show. And they did all this big, you know, soap opera. I had nine children at once by nine different guys. And, you know, all that. And I'm the evil twin. No, I'm just his regular twin, but still. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was pretty good. The rest of the show was eh. very Joker. Yeah. I mean, they didn't even do any of Alec Baldwin's like big reoccurring bits. No sweaty balls. They mentioned that the ice cream came out, but when would be a better opportunity to revisit sweaty balls? I know, right? I guess Anna Gasteyer wasn't available or something. I don't know. God darn that Anna Gasteyer not being able to touch Alec's sweaty balls. It doesn't matter. They could have used somebody else with Alec Baldwin. They should have done something with or Sweaty like, Balls. On like a, or maybe have him on like a Weekend Update and to promote his Sweaty Balls there. He went on Weekend Update as Tony Bennett. It kind of fell flat. Ew. Poor Alec Baldwin. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool because, you know, him and Steve Martin have been fighting over that record for a few years. But now he broke it. Definitively. Definitively. Yeah, because besides that, who are all the top runners? Wasn't it like Tom Hanks, Baldwin? I think Tom Hanks is third place, and he's got like seven hosts. Man, he needs to step up his game. Baldwin has 16, and Martin has 15 at this point. I think Martin had stopped at like 13, and then Baldwin tied him, so he had to come back. Then Baldwin tied him again, so he had to come back. And then Baldwin tied him again, and then Baldwin just broke his record. I think it's also that Steve Martin is just like, comedy is sort of not my thing. No, I mean, he'll show up and not support it. And you can tell they're friends. Like, even after they did the whole animosity thing as they were going to commercial, you could tell they were, they're buddies. 
Oh yeah. Well, they and they've also done like the Oscars together. They've done movies together. Right. Um, so and, uh, yeah. Well, as Baldwin said, he hosted the Oscars, and Steve was there to assist. Uh, ha, ha, ha. Baldwin also made the point that Steve's a hundred, so no matter how many times he hosts after he dies, Baldwin will have plenty of time to catch up. <laughs> Ow, that's pretty funny. It, it's you know it's terrible, but at the same time, it's also a little bit true. Exactly. I mean, he's not 100, but he's considerably older than Baldwin is. Or he'll always look that way just because he has white hair, and Baldwin has, like, darker with a little hint of gray. Yeah, but look at their careers. I mean, Steve was big in the 60s. Baldwin wasn't really around then. Are you or sure se- the 60s? 70, I mean, 70s. I was going to say, man, the 70s was more. Baldwin, I don't recall really seeing before the 90s. Yeah, uh, you know, he was in the, he did like, uh, 85 and up was his big thing. Okay. Yeah, because Beetlejuice, um, Hunt for Red October, uh, those type of stuff. Late 80s. What's okay. that? Those were late 80s? No, yeah, it was late 80s, but I mean, yeah, still. And Second then, half. Yeah, and then there's his, the rest of his family has done such a great job at a career. <laughs> Not really. That was. That was a bad joke. Well, on to drama. Yes. Uh, First one that aired this week, new shows, The Playboy Club. Yes. Are you getting a key? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm keeping a key for a bit, but uh, I'm probably going to throw it into the river with that body, which would be the body of The Playboy Club. No Um, kidding. Yeah. Uh, It looked fantastic. It did, didn't it? And but they're predicting it may be the first one canceled. So I'll record the next couple, and then if it gets canceled real quick, I won't have to watch them. You're a better man than I, Jimmy. You're a better man than I because, okay, I like David Krumholtz. I like Lauren Barenti. I even like the the girl Amber Heard. I thought they all did a good job, but I hate the I, I hate the fact that they were trying to create a mystery when there was no mystery. Well, and every time that lead guy opened his mouth. He did sound like, like Don Draper. You're trying to channel Don Draper, but you're not getting there. Yeah, you just need to stop. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. And then, I don't know, I, it just, like, why couldn't they actually have made a mystery out of it? Like, who killed the guy? Like, couldn't you, I can understand showing the lawyer helping dispose of the, or finding the body and then trying to dispose it. And then, but it's like, who did kill him? That would, but, but, but. They're making it like it's a mystery, but it isn't one because we saw it was Amber Heard and the other, the Don Draper guy, wannabe, that is the one that, dispo- I don't know. It just makes me mad. Yeah. No, I, I know. It just wasn't good at all. Now, on a, okay, now, a similar vein to that, which was, I, I enjoyed this show. What do you think about ABC's Revenge? Oh, such a guilty pleasure. Like, soapy. I mean, it's certainly not going to be tops in the originality storytelling thing, but it's going to be so addictive. It'll be another, like it's honestly, ABC has suddenly developed a tone in their shows. If you've noticed desperate housewives, castle body of proof, revenge, they all feel like they're in the same world. Yeah, they do. And revenge. I mean, the other three are successful enough, so I don't see why revenge wouldn't be. And you gotta love a good like murder, but non-threatening. It's like on those other shows too. The death is not threatening. It's done for salacious purposes. It's funny. It's done in a and there's not that element of danger and threat. Right. It's dark humor. 
And there's something appealing about that. I mean, it means that the show will never be more than Pulp Fiction, but that doesn't mean it's not worth watching. Right. Now, here, my only problem with Revenge, there was two things I had problems with Revenge, which was, and it's sort of my complaint with, this is why I sort of segue into this, was it was my my complaint with the Playboy Club, which is, to me, I was interested in the idea of, usually it's a guy out to get revenge, not a girl. So that was like, oh, okay, I'm intrigued by that. The Hamptons is a new big thing right now that everyone's using. Royal Pains, uh, the Ringer, and uh, and this where we actually did a what like two scenes in the Hamptons. Right. Well, Ringer's set in the Hamptons. I, th- I thought it was set in the Hamptons though. Right? Yeah, she has that vacation home in the Hamptons that they went out oh, to. Oh, okay. In the pilot, yeah. Okay, yeah. I apologize, but um, but the revenge takes place in, in the Hamptons, and I'm just like, okay, I'm excited about this. So she's going to be hobnobbing with rich people and taking them all down. Oh, yeah. And then they open up with the murder of the kid who, even though it's still a mystery, it's very obvious that it's the one guy. And well, Yeah, but you don't know why he did it. You don't know the circumstances surrounding it. I'm I don't pro- care why he did it. I mean, to me. did Emily Van Camp have something to do with it? Or is she just... I mean, because she's obviously not really in love with the guy. She's trying to take down his parents, and she's using him. Or is she? Well, she definitely found him to use him, I would say. Well, but... the thing that makes me think that she does actually care for him a bit is because she's doing the opening monologue, which I'm like, wow, I'm impressed for the opening monologue, until she goes to the point where she goes, which is before it fades up into the wedding, which is, uh, but revenge is not something. Some, revenge is something I've now learned that is a very can, can lead to a bad thing. I'm like, well, I thought that's that something. That opening quote, that opening quote about if you're gonna, I don't remember the exact quote, but it was something about if you're gonna take revenge, you better big, dig two graves. Yeah, was really told you exactly where they're going with it, and I love the little plot where her dad was like, "Seek forgiveness, not revenge. It's not worth it. It'll destroy you." No, right. I but so I just thought that, that, that yeah. I just thought that that quote should have been like at the end of the season or some. I don't know. I thought like they they tacked on another mystery, which to me the big mystery is how is she going to take these people down? How is she going to you know brutalize them? And will she get caught in the process? And this one was more like it's obvious it wasn't her, or we don't think it was her had anything to do with her at least for her knowledge because she seemed genuinely shocked when you know. The, so See, why did I you wasn't have to- sure if she was or not. I, I feel like they set up something, and then later we're going to find out that something else was going on. But until we get to the later, we can only see what we saw. And okay. I think that's pretty neat. I liked it. Okay. I, I don't know. I wasn't a big fan of that. I, I just I was like, I'm already sold on everything else of them, like taking down the girl who played Allegra Cole and Hitch, the, the blonde hair girl, the best friend. <laughs> I was like... I'm already sold on that. I'm already sold on her taking down everybody else. Don't throw it. I don't know. It just made me that. And it's like they're doing a flashback, and then within the flashback, they do another flashback, and then flash forward, and then f- within the same flashback, do another flashback. And yeah. for some reason, I just sound like Jerry Seinfeld there for a second. For me, but uh, the only thing that concerned me a little bit was James Tupper's playing her father in the flashbacks, and. Yeah. How, I mean, surely, eventually, because it seems like her dad's still alive, they're going to encounter him in the real world, and what, I mean, how are they going to age James Tupper to make him look older? I don't know. Well, I thought they said he was going, I thought they said he was dead. Was he dead? 
Yeah, because remember she got out. He's like, I'm really sorry, but six months ago your father died. Okay, see, I only half pay it. I miss things at the beginning when I'm trying to. That wasn't at the beginning, good sir. That was at the towards the end because that's how because that's how they showed you how she got the money. Got the box. Okay, right. Because then after that, it cuts back to. That's what I'm saying. The flashback (laughs) within the flashback earlier in the episode, and then forgot that they answered or was distracted when they answered it. I don't know. No, you're fine. (laughs) Yeah, because that's how they were just, like, introducing the box, because they flash back within the flashback and then flash forward to her, like, looking at the box and then crossing off that one girl. And I'm like, ooh, she's crossing him off a picture list. Ooh. With a red marker of doom. Okay. Well, Revenge may have been my favorite new drama pilot. Really? I can't think of another one I liked better. Was there one that you liked better this week? Oh, that's... Other than possibly Person of Interest. Now, okay, I like that show, but I didn't like it that much. I, I see would... the thing is because it's J.J. Abrams. Yeah, the pilot, if you take it at face value, was good, but I just can't believe that it's supposed to be taken at face value because it's J.J. Abrams. And right. if it ends up being That's a, a strict point. crime procedural, which is possible because it's on CBS, oh, it, it totally is. Disappointed. But if there's a whole mythology that they're going to start finding out and get into it, and it change a year, two years down the line, as it's because it's a J.J. Abrams show, that's what I expect from it. Then I think this opening was a good setup. Okay. Well, and and also something else. It's also even though it's it's co-created by or it's produced by J.J. Abrams, it's actually created by Jonathan Nolan, who co-wrote Inception, The Dark Knight. Right, with Christopher Nolan. His brother, exactly. So I, I have faith. The Dark Knight and Inception are so deep and interesting. So this is why I just – I think I loved it so much because I, I, when I was watching it, I was trying to think of all the other layers and things that will eventually come into it. And so I was seeing more than what was on the screen in my mind's eye. In my mind's eye and shit. My mind's eye, That's... which is in my hair. Ooh, I'm look just... at that. Yeah. Well, uh, I I agree. I'm just, in terms of just as a pilot, I thought it was um, I don't know. I was left wanting a little bit more, and not in a good way. Um, even though I did enjoy the show, and I'm excited for episode two, kind of thing. But it was I don't know. I was expecting something a little bit different than what they what they gave, and but it doesn't mean I disliked it. It just as a pilot itself, it, without judge, if, if there was no other rest of the series as a pilot. It was good, but I was wanting more from it. Um, yeah. I, I, see that, but that's a good question, though, beyond that, because I like Persons of Interest a lot. And the only one that surprised me that I thought was really good, because I thought, again, I think you felt the same way um, before we were starting the show, was uh, Prime Suspect. I, that, I would have to say that's my favorite. Now, see, I thought that was pretty darn good. Um, I'm worried it's going to fall into standard crime procedural. Oh, it will. It bothers me that they're departing from the British in the aspect they should not have most, where, as they said, they're going to solve the crime by the end of the episode. Right. Where the British show, it was several episodes. It was a season or half a season, depending on the year. And I feel like that's not what they should have abandoned about the British thing if they were going to change it, because I... it. I don't want it to get stuck as procedural and it, cause I hate standard procedurals. There have to be, there has to be another hook. There has to be interesting, larger story arcs going on, but, but the person of interest, I'm sorry, not person, but prime suspect also had the stuff with her 
guy and the stuff with their dad. So it looked like they were going to have some other stuff going on. Right. Well, I I thought it was yeah I thought the same thing too because I can I can stand to watch procedurals, but I'm to the point now where if it's too procedural with not enough um, stuff going on or like the character stuff, even like USA is a good example of that. Um, like Royal Pains to me is a perfect example of a show that it's it's a procedural. I understand it's a procedural and it's not going to be anything else, but they throw enough crap in there that it makes it it sort of masks the fact that it is a, a case of the week patient thing. And they also bring back patients that he's done before, like a normal doctor. So I'm a, I'm, I'm more appreciative of that. Well, if you look at something like psych, which is a procedure on USA, but they do those special event episodes all the time. Yeah. Where they take things to a whole nother level. Exactly. Well, the other thing I think with psych though, too, is that it, it, it's not, it, it, after the first season, they realized that they were popular enough that they could do anything they wanted within reason and I, I don't think like I love Psych very much, very dearly. So I hope I don't piss you or any other fans off when I say this. Which is, it's purely fluff entertainment. They don't take themselves seriously at all, and there's nothing wrong with that. I that's why that's I like the, the show. Show, right? Matter of fact, I think they the reason why I enjoy Psych because they they do not take themselves seriously, and then they get to do stuff like that, like the Friday the Thirteenth episode and the the Twin Peaks episode fucking slayed me i love that episode but see and i've never even seen twin peaks but i agree oh i saw that episode i didn't watch it enough i just remember going to my aunt's house like like when i was in school and the, for some reason i think a few weeks in a row i always came over the same night and twin peaks was on and i would just watch like like 30 minutes of the hour-long show and it's the most fucked up show i was like why are they doing that why are they doing that? Well, this doesn't make any sense. What do you mean there's a weird cabin in the woods where ghosts are and sex things are going on? What? I don't – well, okay. Why is there a creepy like – I read everything I could about it. I watched clips of it after that, and I really would love to watch it now. It's that's a, psych, I'm excited about it. Well, exactly. And so, so, so see – but that, again, I think that's uh, – psych is a little – psych does its own thing in, in a wonderful manner. Um, but I, but they don't do the serious storyline stuff, not really, because they do the same thing Big Bang Theory does or Chuck Lorre does, which I find aggravating, which is they sort of – or actually, I would say Futurama does the same thing too. They take major – like at least the love stuff, they throw it out there, and then they just let you guess for it on a bit. and Or they, they cut it off before it does anything too quickly. Um, like how to write that to that. Right, and I think they know that, and so they just don't – Try to touch well, it's it. Psych. They're actually going with him and Juliet now, so they're taking the chance. Well, they are, yeah. But I mean, but that's what I'm saying. Remember, for a while, like every time they would they would approach it, it's then dropped in the same episode, and it wouldn't even be yeah. like a finale. It would be like in the middle of the season, and you wouldn't hear anything about it until like the last episode of the overall season. And that just, got frustrating. No, right, and I think Big Bang Theory does that too, where they introduce this weird or decent idea that could be really big and impactful, and then they just quickly brush it off and move on to the next thing. And again, nothing wrong with that, but so well, I think, I think uh, speaking of big bang theory, and since we're really getting off the premieres, we'll go back to, well, I, I was, no, I was leading to a point with that, which is, yeah. sorry, no, no, uh, you know, you're fine. We can go back to big bang theory in a second. But what I was trying to get at is that in terms of procedurals, those mm -hmm. shows on USA, I'm okay with that. And mm -hmm. prime suspect is, I would like prime suspect to be like, you know, more like Royal pains. And that if it is a procedural, there is more of that stuff and not 
And you, because I honestly, you can't, be, you, prime suspect can't be like psych that where it does whatever it wants, but it has to have a, its own form and function. So if they can lead into something like Royal Pains and not something like the CSI of the week or NCIS, then I'm on board with that. And I'm sorry, not to interrupt you. What were you going to say about Big Bang Theory? Well, I was going to say, you know, sometimes they do like the whole Leonard Penny thing when they were dating, they didn't really delve into that relationship all too much. It was more seen as the sideways, but this thing with Raj and Penny that they did last season, I know really ticked me off in the finale. And then they come back in the premiere and they handle it so well. And they make you understand what's going on in both characters, mindsets, and they don't just drop it. He took the time to explore it. And I thought that made it, I stopped being angry and started to understand what they were doing with it. Right now. (laughs) I, I agree with that. Now, what do you think about not uh, not to keep going with Big Bang Theory? But what did you think about Amy Farrah Fowler's blossoming sexuality or hints of sexuality <laughs> towards Sheldon? I thought that oh, was she awesome. Jump bones. <laughs> I hope she does because that would be awesome. I hope she convinces him to let her. <laughs> I know, right? That would be sweet. I think that I would love to see uh, uh, Sheldon uh, get jiggy with it, so to speak. Um, too. I mean, surely. He could find the once he's introduced to the pleasurable aspects of it, he'll find a place for it in his life. Pleasurable aspects, bazinga! (laughs) Anyway, Uh, I just got the weirdest, sickest thought as I said that, and I'm just going to not say. No, I've already said that I've been thinking about it. uh, Like, what if right before he, you know, did his thing, his final, you know, money shot? That's the first thing that comes out of his mouth is bazinga. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, that's, it, it just, it, it just popped in there and I, and I, and I don't know why. And for, and for, if, and for good showmanship, Bazinga. there we go. Um, but no, uh, but yeah, Prime Suspect was my, my favorite. I, I liked Prime Suspect. I did. I'm going to definitely watch at least one more episode unless it gets canceled quickly. Cause all these new shows, I probably won't watch again for a few weeks. I'll just record them and get back. What I will not be recording is Unforgettable. <laughs> I didn't watch that yet. It's not good, huh? I did not think so. I mean, I thought the pilot was interesting, but I feel like by the end of the pilot, they definitely set it to be a standard procedural without development. Boo, yeah, I don't like that. Like, the getting into it was good, but once they're there, now it's now they're going to just drop it. You know, it's just going to be her using her perfect memory to solve crimes, which seems like a convenient crutch at one hand, and on the other hand, it just doesn't make sense that she can get as much as she gets from what she's seen. It's not like she actually witnesses the crime and she still has the clues to, it's like whenever we get stuck with the clues, we'll just turn to her and she'll remember stuff, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Ew. That doesn't. Yeah. I, I, I have a whole problem with the title unforgettable. It's actually quite the opposite. It's very forgettable. Ooh. I titled my review "Unforgettable." Actually, the opposite. Well done, Jimmy. Well, done. that was one of those ones where there was so much being taped that I I, I ended up missing out on it, so I didn't get to see it. Um, same well, thing with Blue Bloods. are my full nights because I still haven't had a chance to check out the X Factor because I'm not reviewing it. But I love Simon Cowell. I stopped watching Idol after him because. I honestly, I didn't really care for Idol very much. I got into the early rounds and Simon and Paula's chemistry. Right. And that was the only thing that really did it for me. So when they come back on the X Factor, I got all excited. But because I'm not going to review it because it's a reality competition show, I have put it off. 
But because of that, anyway, well, my point was Thursday night, I now have five shows on at eight and five shows on at nine. And I only have two TiVos. So what I did was not record the Vampire Diaries and the Secret Circle because I'd already reviewed them last week because they premiered early. And I've got a free six-month trial to Hulu Plus on my new TiVo premiere. So I'm going to check them out in the TiVo premiere, although I think it's going to piss me off because I heard Hulu Plus still has commercials. Oh, well, yeah. It's it's like only at the beginning it's not that bad. Uh, okay. I don't think so. We'll give it a shot. Oh, you know which one is my favorite? But it hasn't aired yet. It, it airs Monday. Um, and it actually overrides Prime Suspect. Uh-huh. Of, I like Heart of Dixie a lot. Oh, Heart of Dixie was really good. And yeah, we're talking about it before anybody gets to see it, but we've seen it. Yeah. Wh- it, it was. If you've seen the British show Doc Martin, yes. it's an Americanized version of that. Uh, in the similar vein, if you've seen Doc Hollywood, it's it's like that, too, and a little bit. It, he's not from Hollywood, mind you, but it's the same thing. Like, Cars did it, which is uh, a tough-shot doctor goes into a small town and deals with the folk and, and Burt Reynolds. And um, <laughs> Now, for those who haven't seen it yet, I, 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 let's not spoil that, Jimmy. But for those okay. who, who just heard that and going, really, Burt Reynolds? Ugh. No, no, it's like, to me, that was the part I realized I loved the show was when Burt Reynolds shows up, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Because even now, I'm, like, cracking up, like, in my mind, like, hee, 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 Burt Reynolds. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, I was impressed Gosh, with that. The alligator. Ah, Jimmy. <laughs> why, did you, why did you ruin it? No. I didn't ruin it. Oh. I like the alligator. Oh, yeah, oh, I like the alligator. Well, then, I'm going to, wait a minute, I'm going to edit that out, then. Thing. Yeah, one ten. Yeah. I'll edit yeah. that little that little part where I said you spoiled it because yeah. then that whole part where I'm still talking. And yeah. all right, all right, we're back. We're, no, I'm kidding. No. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I like Heart of Dixie. That, Dude, I liked the alligator. <laughs> I like the alligator too, and I like Burt Reynolds, and uh, I like now. You told me Nancy Travis is she's. She they they're letting her do the second episode so that they can write her character off properly instead of just have her disappear. Boo. Boo. I know. I'm disappointed, but you know, maybe the Tim Allen show will get canceled and because of the way they're gonna write her off, they can always bring her back. I hope so. I hope. Which Wait. I I have I, not I, seen that and I I don't think you have either, but uh, uh I, I'm feeling ant on the Tim Allen show. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know. I try like I said, I try to stay away from previews and trailers and stuff and go into it with an open mind and a clear slate so we'll see that's because you're you're a good man when it comes to reviews and stuff i on the other hand i'm like you got a review i'm frothing at the mouth give me give me give me and then i'm like oh jesus this is shit unlike many reviewers i also try to focus on the positive aspects i mean if something's utter shit i'll tear it apart but for the most part even the shows i give bad reviews i try to pick something good to talk about within that review I, I try to, too, unless it really aggravated me. Um, like, uh, did you review the finale for Entourage? I th- didn't yes. you? Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, did you read mine where I just fucking, like, everything yes. I said was just pure, like, a joke? Like, I, I didn't... I do read most of your reviews, if not all. Yeah. I get the little, I'm subscribed, I get the little thing in the email, so I've been reading your reviews. Okay, and uh, just on a, on a note... Because I, I tried looking this up. How can I tell how many subscribers I have on Examiner? With their new thing, I have no idea. They keep changing crap, and I don't like it. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Did you see their new website that they're doing again? 
Yeah, and I'm mad that I haven't read my comments since May, since they stopped putting the comments in my menus. You'd have to open up every single article. I write way too many articles to go back and open up articles and see who's commenting. I agree. I mean, it needs to be emailed to me or it needs to be in my menus. Something. I Or like maybe like once a week they, they tell you how many articles that you have have been linked to. Something that way, like it's like a almost like a little brochure of it, instead of like getting your email bombarded with with every other website I write for, I get each comment e- emailed to me. And nice. Examiner never did that, but used to be able to log in and click comments and it showed all the comments. And right. they don't do that anymore. Boo. Well, you know what? You should open a ticket and complain. I will. I'll. I'll do it it's too. too good whatsoever. But um. But, anyway, okay. uh, did you have any other shows you want to talk about or? I think we covered all the new ones. Um, I did watch Grey's Anatomy this morning. I don't know if you've seen it, but it was amazing. Now you're shaking your head at me. It was really good. Really, really good. But then I like that show a lot, so. Yeah, I I have nothing to say. The fact was heartbreaking, Leslie and Ben's whole thing. But I really think that show is going to take a chance and grow. And I think Leslie's going to get elected to an office. Then she can date him because he won't be her boss. Then somebody else can take her job. I mean, because Tom lost his position. They gave it to Andy. Maybe Tom can take her job. Or maybe April will take her job and Tom can do something else. I mean, I, I feel like because it takes place in that city hall, and they already have characters that don't work in the Parks and Rec department that are main characters. Oh, you're talking about Parks and Rec now. I thought you were talking about Grey's Anatomy. Huh? I thought you were talking about Grey's Anatomy still, and I'm like, who are I these people? The Parks and Rec, the whole Ben Leslie thing. I okay, again, I don't watch Grey's Anatomy that much. I thought it was like done because you didn't. Have, all I said was that it was great because you. I knew you were having. Oh, we forgot Charlie's Angels. <laughs> you watched that, really? I know you did. I saw your review. Everything that you thought about it, you probably didn't watch it, did you? No. Well, it, that was one of those things. It was Thursday night. It, I didn't have. I, I couldn't tape it. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel uh, bad for you. <laughs> if you like action and gratuitous fight scenes without tits, little necessary, just extra fight scenes for the hell of it. <laughs> Angels is for you. They, they thought they were being clever when they opened it up and they showed like the three angels and one of them was not Minka Kelly. It oh. was Nadine Velasquez from My Name is Earl and The League. And then before the opening credits, 10 minutes into the show, before the first commercial, spoiler alert, they kill her off. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. And I love that they got Victor Garber to voice Charlie like 36 hours before it went to air and they still got to air on time. Wow, really? Yeah, and it was Robert Wagner, and he dropped out. And then two days ago, before it aired, there was a news story that they were close to signing Victor Garber. And Alciello was like, I hope they sign him quick, because it goes to air in 36 hours. I missed he that. Was it was him. Oh, my God. I, I totally missed that then. I yeah, cause... It's not a bad show. Um, For anybody that liked the original Charlie's Angels or the movies, Yeah. there's... Yeah. You will probably enjoy this. But if you're looking for something high quality, high brow, that makes you think, you're not going to get into it. <laughs> makes you think. It's girls in sexy outfits fighting. And they didn't even keep the humorous elements that made the movies so great. I mean, I love the movies that they did. Yeah, I like the yeah. first one especially. But they, were, they worked really well because they had that humor. Yeah. And there's yeah. much humor in this new version. They even made 
uh, Bosley, a young, sexy Latino guy. And they did it really well because you just heard his voice. And, they sh- and they're like, Bosley! And you turn, and the camera's looking at this middle-aged, balding, chubby guy. And then he steps out of the way, and there's this hot Latino guy with two hot chicks under his arms. And that's Bosley. So it's clearly just sex and action are the two selling points of the show. Man, is it really? Because it is on basic cable at our basic network television at eight o'clock. Now, see, if 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 Charlie's Angels was on HBO or something, and I would I would probably like the wonderful five minute sex scene between the whores and Game of Thrones. (laughs) Game of Thrones had a lot of sex scenes. Well, I didn't mind. Like, I read the book. Yeah, book Game of Thrones. I'm like three quarters of the way through it right now. I heard it's very and faithful. Every scene from that book was recreated exactly on the television screen. I swear. Yeah. I it's heard so faithful. That's, that's good though. That's awesome. It is. Uh, I've got the other four books sitting on a shelf and I can't wait to read them all, but I mean, it's such a great series. Anyway. Yeah. Charlie's angels. Um, yeah. You know exactly what you're getting when you hear the term Charlie's angels. Angels, not saints, line or whatever. Oh my god! That that. Well, I you know, it's it's the popcorn version of television. Yeah, which has ups and downs, plus and minuses. I'm gonna Uh, see. I don't want to watch that. And now I I still have to. Point to make, and I'm not. And it's not about Glee, even though I could. Go on and on about how oh, awesome I thought the season three premiere thank was. Thank you, Christ. Uh, it was amazing. But like Grays, that's all I'm going to say. I loved Glee and Grays. They were like my two favorites of the week. But anyway, um, my one other thing is recasting children. Opinions. Oh. Modern Family versus Raising Hope. They recasted the, little, the baby and Raising Hope? No. And actually, their press release was kind of snotty towards Modern Family, like, we don't recast our child actors. <laughs> Not only that, they opened the new season with Shelly, the, the girl who played Ted's girlfriend on Scrubs. Yeah, She's yeah. A part. She, like, sings on her ukulele all the time on Raising Hope, and they opened with her singing about what happened and showing clips from the first season and then at-home photos of the baby as it aged over the summer. So it wouldn't be a surprise that the baby looks older. And she even has a line in her song about, oh, my, how you've grown. Okay. See, I I missed that. Very, very nicely. uh, Really well done. Couldn't have been better, that aspect of it. The rest of the episode was mediocre. But that opening was really neat. And then Modern Family, which I I love and adore, and I love both these episodes – but Lily, they cast a new Lily who could talk because they don't want to deal with that awkward phase of learning to talk and stuff. Uh-huh. It's a year older than the kids that were playing her before. And so to me, it just feels like they skipped a whole year of development and she looks way too much older as the new season starts. And they even say, like, she's turning three. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. She should be turning two. Look at the continuity of the show. Uh, you know, I'm indifferent on it. Um, I mean, at first it was really jarring and I didn't like it. But by the end of the second episode, where that was the whole plot of the episode, where she's like, you think she's taking on Cam- Cam's problems, but she's really mimicking Mitchell. Well, it was nice to have a speaking actress for that part. But right, wait a year. You know, it really felt like they screwed up the continuity of the show to skip that year. It bothered me a lot, not just because she aged so much, but because then they said she was turning three and she was in a preschool for three year olds. 
And I'm like, that just doesn't make sense with the timeline of the show. What about the other kids? Where did that year of their lives go? Well, the one girl that was the book smart middle child, she looked like uh-huh. she, you know, got a little chubbier and, you know, got a little Poor more. Mouth. What's that? Womanly. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. I thought she looked adorable. But She's the same age as the boy that plays her brother. Really? Yeah, they're the same age. And the guy who plays her brother, the, that boy, he's actually incredibly intelligent. He's in Mensa. Uh-huh. That's, that's the same group that you told Busy Phillips, right? Busy Phillips to... Uh... That's the only way I can remember that now is Mensa. It as a blonde joke or an insult, and I don't know how many times I can apologize to her. I'm sure she still hates I, me. I just find it to be <laughs> fascinating that, that you, would, think about me. you would say no. that to anybody. I don't know. But anyway, uh, <laughs> and, and played by a 20-year-old adult. Oh, so yeah. Age anymore? Who does like like? I remember last year. Every time in between episodes of Modern Family, when you would fast forward, you would see her commercial for Olive Garden. Uh, and I was just like, "Well, that's not weird." It's like Sarah, uh, Sarah, Haley, Sarah, yeah, Halen, Halen, yeah. Uh, and it, but I was a little sad that they wrote Dylan off the show. They stayed in Montana because I like him and Phil's relationship more than I like him and Haley's. But on the other hand. Based on how that character is and that show is, he could just show back up next week and be back in it. So, right, I'm not worried about it. Yeah, I, well, but that's the thing. Like, I well, I remember last season, the first few episodes of Modern Family wasn't that as entertaining, and then this this, uh, well, I mean, it was good, but it, it wasn't as good as like season one was. And then uh, these two episodes were just as good as any other. I mean, the whole oh, Claire yeah. plot with proving herself right. It was such a strong opening. Other than my Lily complaints. Yeah. Oh, and the whole thing at the, the thing that killed me was at the end was, uh, was, uh, ha, I knew you didn't go to the principal and do this and that. I was right. Oh. And, 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 went, oh. and I was saying oh, at the same time as the characters. Oh, <laughs> the they were going to say it. I was like, oh, and then I realized they were all saying it. It wasn't just me. There was no echo. Yeah, that was, yeah. that was hilarious. I, that was I a mind. wonderful tie it all together. I didn't see it coming. It came out of left field. Demand. Um, well, did you have any other shows you wanted to touch on real quick, good sir? Uh, I, I've been looking over at my list. Oh, oh last thing. Honestly, last thing is we really need to stop. i got to get dinner ready. Sure. But uh, Castle. Do you watch Castle? Uh, no. I mean, I like the show. It's just one of those ones where it's, I don't like it enough to – if I'm busy with other shows, I well, – uh- I didn't want to get into it because the, the supporting characters aren't developed like on Bones. So it is kind of a standard procedural, mm-hmm. um, you know. But they've started to do a little bit more development. And I had friends that like it, so that's why I've been watching it. Uh, I caught up on all the DVDs. I've seen every episode now, and I love Nathan Fillion. But they a big step is that the captain of the first three seasons, who was their boss. He got shot and killed last season. Season three finale, they revealed that he was part of this big cover-up from this long arc that had been running through all three seasons. About her mom, right? About her mom's death. And he was one of the ones that helped cover it up. And then he sacrificed himself to save her and was killed off. And that was the first time he was interesting. And now they've replaced him with Penny Johnson Gerald from 24 and Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Yeah. And right away in the first episode, they set up all this stuff with her, like plot, like real character development stuff. And they gave Esposito and Ryan a larger role in the premiere. 
And it seems like they're trying to make it more ensemble-ish and give character development. And if they keep on that path, it's going to be a much better show. And I think they, the season premiere really took a step in the right direction in, in those terms. Interesting. Because, yeah, because I, a lot of people I know like love that show. And I, I love Nathan Fillion. Fillion I, I just, it's one of those ones where uh, when there's some, a lot of other stuff on I need to watch. Um, you get, I understand. I avoided it for a couple of years. Yeah. So, I mean, well, the great thing is... Uh, when I got the DVDs, I, I mean, I did, I did watch them. So, I, and I enjoyed season three. It was, yeah. it was awesome. Yeah. So. Season three was much better than the first two seasons. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, good things happen when you start getting good ratings and they give you more money and let you more freedom to do what you want to do. I'm just a little on edge because the way they've set up Castle and Beckett's plots this season, they're both on the path for a huge falling out between them. And as close as they've taken them to relationship material, if you're looking just at that, they should be in a couple by the end of the season, hands down, or else it would really piss me off. But because they're both keeping this huge secret from each other, and it's <laughs> going to blow up in both of their faces, they're going to end up hating each other. Yeah. And it's going to take, and I'm sure it'll take all season for that to come out. And then it'll take all next season for them to start to repair things. So they're really setting up for the long haul, like making us wait eight seasons to see them get together. And I don't really appreciate that. Yeah, they're well. Everyone's sort of afraid of moonlighting, and you know, I which I know we discussed that before. Bullshit. It's been so many, uh, not so many, but the, a handful of shows have already done it and survived and even thrived with putting their leads together in recent years. Look at Chuck oh, Bones. Yeah. I think is already set up to do it well because they're doing it so differently. Um, look at. Big Bang Theory put Leonard and Penny together and didn't ruin the show. I know that's a different circumstance. Sykes put Sean and Juliet together, and mm-hmm. I didn't think it ruined last season. I think the Moonlight curse is stupid. It's been proven wrong enough that if that certain shows have proved if you do it right, that it's not valid. Right. So I feel like if you're not getting them together, it's lazy on the part of the people making the show or whoever's decision that ultimately is. Oh, snap. It is, because, and I don't think it's the writer's decision. I think it's some executive in some office. Yeah. But that's showing a lack of faith in their staff, thinking they can't do it well enough to escape the curse. Because the problem with Moonlight, from what I hear, I haven't seen it, was they lost their chemistry and they lost their momentum. But if you have good actors and good writers, you mm-hmm. can maintain the interest. It's purely laziness, you know, uh, or well, a I... lack of confidence in your people to avoid. I agree. I totally agree. And uh, if you uh, agree or disagree with Jimmy, um, we'll open this up for uh, – what's that? Agree. Agree. Oh, yeah. Uh, hopefully he would like you to do agree. But if not, you know, either way, uh, voicemail. You're a douchebag idiot. <laughs> Good man. That's uh, See, that's what I was really wanting to say. Uh, 614-364-4088. Leave us a voicemail and uh, – if you have any thoughts on this, on the moonlighting curse, and you think it's bullshit like Jimmy, or you you think he's wrong, you know, call us and let us know. We'll play it on the show, and we'll talk about it next time. Uh, goodbadgeeky at gmail.com. It just specified Jerome Wetzel TV, and uh, we will play it then. And, uh, yeah, or anything tonight you've heard you want to uh, talk to Jimmy about. Um, or, uh, Jimmy, what is your Twitter handle, good sir? 
Jerome Wetzel TV. That's right. And if you follow me at Good Bad Geeky, every Friday, I never cease to fail. I will Twitter it. Even if I fuck it up a few times, I will get it out there and get it right. I thought that. So, yes. yeah, I felt really bad about that. I was like, as I looked at that, I, I typed it out and I looked at it and I was like, oh, shit, where's Jimmy? Did I forget Jimmy? I only do follow Fridays about three or four times a year, so I certainly can't complain. Well, it's, it's just one of those things where, um, at least for, for us in the show, it's... it's uh, Making sure the people that support the podcast, not not you, I mean, but I'm talking about like other people who do their own stuff or articles or whatever, that it's sort of like a, it's reciprocated back like every week thing. So if I do, it's kind of like I scratch my back, you scratch, or, yeah. Well, I try to retweet it when you do it, but I don't hit it every week, I don't think, but oh, I no, do retweet fine. it sometimes. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Um, so, yeah, but uh, yeah, so just uh, Twitter, uh, us or Jimmy, and uh, voicemail, good or email us, and uh, anything else you'd like to add, sir? We got two more weeks of season premieres, so we'll be back talking about season premieres before too long. Oh, yes, and indeed. And that was uh, Jerome Wetzel TV for the uh, episode 152, and uh, that was that was great, guys. Wasn't I thought good? it was really excellent. I can't I just... stand his voice. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, you know what? I, I feel Jimmy might feel the same way, I, I, I think. I don't know. about Not his, about his own voice, but maybe as, about as, yours. As he gets closer to the end, it, gets, it actually gets higher. Yeah, what's that? yeah, that is true, isn't it? Like he does get higher pitched as it mm-hmm. goes, and and yeah, as he gets more excited about. I'm, I wonder if Morgan things. has to wear um, earplugs. That's a good question. That'd Morgan nice. is his wife, by the way. For those who forgot, and uh, she probably does have to wear earplugs, um, or maybe if she doesn't, maybe it's because she has diabetes. Do you think that she cuts the ends <laughs> off of toothpicks and uses those as earplugs? <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that Guinness World Records now has a new shortest woman in the world? No, I did not hear that. She lives in Illinois. Really? Really? Mm-hmm. Well, I did not. How tall is she? Or how short is she, I should say? I don't know. Wow. I figured you'd know this. Well, it, it used to be 28 or 29 inches, so she has to be 26 or 27. Wow. Mm. Okay. But it has to be tallest woman, so she can't be like can't be like a... Seven-year-old. Mm. Wow. <laughs> well, Sorry, this, everybody. This is uh, this show is going really well. So, if you have any questions for Jimmy or us, uh, voicemail 614-364-4088. Email goodbadgeeky at gmail.com. John's Twitter is John Bettine, J-O-N-B-E-T-T-I-N. Giant Nate is Nathan's, or a.k.a. DJ Me. Uh, or ours overall for the show is goodbadgeeky. And if you ever want to write Jimmy, it's to Jerome Wetzel TV. Trust me, uh, follow us on Twitter. I'll, I post it every Friday. And have them do the thing on Facebook where they like us and we get an Emmy Award or something. We get an award, entertainment award. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it, by the time this goes out, yeah, we can still vote for us mm-hmm. at the podcast awards. Podcastawards.com. Uh, vote for us uh, under the entertainment category. That's what we're really going for. If you want to do us under Best Produce as well, you can. And also, don't forget some other great podcasts like Nutty Bites or Tobolsky Files, Bob's Boneyard, etc. For other categories, don't don't do that in entertainment. We're entertainment because we're awesome, right? That's why you're listening to the show. So, anyone have anything else to add? Good good catch, by the way, Nathan. Good catch. I don't have anything. Do you, Nate? No. All right. Well, thanks, <laughs> thanks everybody for listening. And don't get diabetes. Go away! We're having a good time until you start up, cheapers! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Do have some coffee with cream or something, because I'll tell you something. This is a happy place. What the fuck am I supposed to say? <laughs> what song is that?